0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, she's appeared on Oprah Good Morning America and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine the creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save-A-Seminars. She's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Ooh, hello, everyone. Yes, 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 the Good Love doctor is in the house. And we are going to take a look today at what a lot of experts are saying are outmoded and unrealistic ideas about romantic love and sexual fidelity. Yep, our topic in the next hour ahead is going to be infidelity. And we have a spicy hour ahead full of information, juicy revelations about everything you need to know about infidelity And maybe about fidelity, too. Our guest is Dr. Holly Heim. She is the go-to psychotherapist for young Hollywood and other celebrities when they need a relationship counselor. Her clients include over a dozen A-list stars. No, don't you even think about asking her who they are because I'm not going to ask her. You know about confidentiality, everybody. Those relationships for A-listers are so tough as we all know because they're challenged by the harsh glare of the media spotlight. So harder to get to those issues that we all have, whether we're A-listers or any other kind of list. Every one of us faces challenges in relationships. And Dr. Heim wrote the book. It's a landmark book called Sexual Detours. Can't wait to get into the conversation. But first, You know what this show is all about. We're always focused on why good love is essential to your greatness. We have a mantra for this show, and I want you to do it with me. Say this with me. I am worthy. Your turn. I am worthy. I am deserving. Your turn. I am deserving. And I am so lovable. Your turn. You are so so lovable. So remember that I am worthy, I am deserving, and I am so lovable. It's the cornerstone to building good love, and I'll bet it has something to do with infidelity. Now, we're going to identify some of the negative love patterns that are blocking you from good love, how you can break the chains of what happened back then so you are free to work with and be present with what's happening right now. Now, nearly two-thirds of married men and women admit to having affairs. And Dr. Holly Hines' major premise, and this is astonishing, is that the true meaning and motivation for sexual infidelity is not S-E-X. No, not S-E-X. In her influential first book, Sexual Detours, The Startling Truth Behind Love, Lust, and Infidelity, Dr. Hine talks about the way in which an affair is always a cover story for something else going on inside that person. Dr. Holly has appeared in all kinds of media, including Cosmopolitan, Glamour, the LA Times, New York Times, Oprah, Strictly Sex with Dr. Drew, fox news among so much more her website write this down everybody cuz you're going to want all this information at your fingertips is triple dub dot dr holly h e i n dot com triple dot dr holly hein dot com all right dr holly hein welcome to good love radio
0: oh it's a pleasure to be listening to you and talking with you Dr. Wade, you sound lovely, Brenda, and so life-giving.
1: Thank you for that affirmation. And back at you, I can't wait to dig into the topic because you know and I know that most of the people that come in to see a relationship expert are coming in because of an affair. I've got a slate of people right now who came into seminars, you know, everything we're doing because of it now, I want to let people know, I love this quote from you. You said, I wrote this book, and this is Dr. Holly's wonderful book, Sexual Detours. You wrote this book because, I'm going to quote you, I was stunned by the distortion and misconceptions that people have about intimacy, sex, love, and marriage. I did not want to write a book that gave a rigid moral rationale And why affairs are sins. Rather, I wanted to educate people that when they take a detour away from their partner, everybody, you're going to write this down, they are taking a detour away from themselves. Ooh, talk to me, Dr.
0: Holly. That's a powerful quote. Well, it's true because as you have already said many times, and I wrote this a while ago, it is a detour away from parts of the self we don't ever want to look at. And an affair lights up our, the dopamine area of our brain, and we go, oh, this is my salvation. When really one's mm-hmm. salvation is being able to look inside oneself and see what's going on. And it's a cry, for, often an affair is a cry for help on some level. Wow. So the, the
1: whole idea, talk about that neurotransmitter dopamine for people who aren't familiar with it because it's okay, very, so, very powerful.
0: So we have, neurotrans- we have neurons, billions of them, and dopamine in the brain is the reward center, and it lights up when, we use, when people use drugs. It lights up when people use different foods. Now that we have the technology to, to discover this, so, when you fall for somebody and it is falling, <laughs> even though we think we right. are being lifted up um uh the brain goes, "Oh, it lights up that dopamine area of the rewards, and it goes, "Oh, this feels so good! I gotta have this! I gotta have this and if we're not aware of who we are, where that's coming from, why we're doing it, we can make impulsive choices that can really hurt and damage us and those around us. Wow. Now, you said people want
1: the dopamine as a kind of salvation so they don't have to look at themselves. And then, here's another one. I'm all about taking notes, Dr. Holly. I'm here taking notes as you're speaking. I want all of our listeners to take notes. You said your salvation
0: is what? Looking inside yourself both physically, emotionally, and spiritually. There are missing pieces in us in childhood often. And we, we we ignite ourselves with one day, whether it's my prince will come, my princess will come, life, or I'll feel better about myself. Um, and when I do, I'll have everything I dream. So you meet this person and you go, ah! Oh! and the dopamine lights up, and for a while it lasts, but if you don't do the legwork, the inner work, that's going to fall flat after a while because living a daily life in reality requires that we have a sense of who we are and we know who we are not, and we want to grow to who we can become. Wow. So, Dr.
1: Holly, tell us about a case you've worked with, names being Changed to Protect the Innocent, of course, and illustrate these principles for us,
0: would you? Of course. Okay, so I had a client, a couple that came in, and the uh, the husband had just gotten a huge position, and his wife knew him, oh, long before... And all of a sudden, his, he started to wander. And he met somebody who didn't know his flaws, who didn't know what was wrong, uh, and where he felt, where, he did, where his self-esteem was such that having this huge job was more than he could handle. And he turned to someone in his work environment and had this brief encounter. And his wife found out she'd left a message on his text on his phone and she saw it because she'd been sensing that something was off and she instead of leaving him thank god she said we have to work on this and they came in and what he discovered was that he didn't like it that she knew him before he wanted to trade in his old self for a new mirror and the new mirror was going to be this woman at work who could see him as a hero and as his perfect Wow. Mm-hmm. And it never works that way because we're all flawed and we all have work to do. So that didn't last very long. And then he got down and his wife recognized, what's going on here? So his work was about really growing so he could find the good love in himself. And for her, it was about her becoming more aware of we had become, and praising him for what he was and is today, not remembering over and over where they had been, even though I think it's important to have a, a, a map of where you've come from, so you hold on to, with your own inner praise of the fortunate nature and gratitude of growing, so it's complicated to be human, even though. We try oh. to oversimplify it. You can say that
1: again, Dr. Holly. It is complicated to be human, and it's even more complicated to fall in love and get into a committed relationship and really work with that relationship. That's an amazing story because, you know, it illustrates the point. I love what you said about he wanted to trade in the old mirror for a new mirror. Yes. And the only thing we can't get away from is ourselves you know i always say wherever you go there you are It's true. Awesome. Isn't it? Ah, and of course i've seen that over and over again so when you're working with a couple and you see that they've taken a sexual detour and i'm going to just go through one of the things that jumped out at me in your book as you said everybody's enchanted By the idea of romance. And the book is for everyone who's had that enchantment, those who've been entangled in clandestine relationships, and those who've been devastated by betrayal or recovering from loss. Well, that's all of us. That's right. And I'd love to meet the person who hasn't experienced one of those.
0: Well, I don't think they exist. If they do exist, they're pretty brittle and shut down human beings. Mm -hmm. Because loss is a functioning impermanence is a function of life. And what can be more permanent is our spiritual and emotional growth and physical growth. That's what gives us some sense of, of immortality inside. Oh, you just gave oh. me goosebumps when you said that, Dr. Holly.
1: Oh, that was so powerful. That was so powerful because... The human organism wants, we want so badly for it to just be the same so we can feel safe, and then we sacrifice what we're really here for, which is that growth you just talked about, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual growth. Now, go back to your cases for a minute. With this couple you just talked about, it sounds as if you were able to help them each see their part in the sexual detour. Now, a lot of people... Oh, by the way, uh, we're not going to be able to take any questions on this show, everybody, because we are pre-recording. But if you have questions for Dr. Holly Heine, use that website that I gave you at the top of the show. I'll give it to you again. Right now, I know, Dr. Holly, you wouldn't mind getting questions from people. Not at all. Get out. Don't be lazy. Go get the book and read it, everybody. You know, build that library. The more you learn, the you learn better, you do better. She's at www.drhollyhine.com. The book is Sexual Detours, The Startling Truth Behind Love, Lust, and Infidelity. So with that couple, you are able to help them really see their part. Now, people often ask me, whose fault is infidelity? The person who's cheating? or the other person in the
0: marriage? How can you
1: answer that question?
0: I would like to first say, you know, uh, impulsively one could say, well, it's it's her fault or his fault, whoever is the one that was unfaithful. But it's more complicated than that. I don't like to look at it as fault. I look at it as a kind of um, a way of, how can I say this, um a a way of getting lost a way of having lost the path because if you marry because you're enchanted and you're not aware of the hard work of having a relationship of keeping a relationship growing because we just like the garden, if we don't take care of our garden, then the gardener doesn't grow, and the garden the garden doesn't flourish. So each partner in a relationship has to keep nurturing the relationship. And if one stops for a lengthy period of time or has a fantasy of what a relationship is about, like it's all like pretty and clean and nice and never has flaws in it or obstacles, then you're going to have a diminished relationship with yourself and with the other. But it's very hard for many people to see that.
1: They do yeah. want, want to like blame
0: the other person.
1: To, yeah, you're saying most people expect the garden to never have weeds. That's right. Or need, or need watering or need you to get in there and get the rocks out or
0: put some breaking exactly. in the sun. And it requires that. It requires nourishment. It requires tender, loving care. And people aren't always able to give that to each other. They forget. We take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And men have a very different brain than women. I think it requires... I'm going to say something rather controversial here. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe it's changing because of what's happening to women and our roles, etc, But I think men, because of the way they're hardwired, men can have sex and not be emotionally involved. By and large, women want a nest. They're not interested in spreading their genes all over the universe. They're interested in preserving what they have and what they build. So what happens is the women want the men to be like them, And the men often never grow up to see. It requires tremendous maturity for a man to say, I'm not going to just be in the physical. I'm going to be in my emotional, mental, and spiritual self. I'm making that choice because I don't want to destroy what I've made and what I've built. That requires a lot of courage. And I think that no one's, a lot of men are not learning this. Right. Women are more likely to learn it and to want to grow than many men. I think that because of the way they're hardwired, it's really harder for men.
1: Yeah, and the hardwiring is not something we're stuck with.
0: Modern yeah. men...
1: Because I find that there is a generational gap here, that younger men grew up with the idea that a mature man is someone who has the courage to exactly. better than that. It's a different
0: generation. I agree with you. They're much more willing to grow. And we know now we have a brain that's very plastic. We can change. Men can change. And they do, and they're fabulous. I've seen lots of men in my office grow up. And if the women have the patience to stay with it, they're going to end up with something very solid. But it takes hard work on both people's part. Yeah,
1: totally. It takes a lot of, and everybody knows that. You know, everybody will say, "Well, relationships take work, and the most important thing is to communicate." So let me ask you, Doctor Holly, what is it in your opinion that stops people? From
0: doing the work, from learning <laughs> how
1: to communicate, because we all know that's what it takes.
0: I think that, number one, they often, what you're trying to bring to people is that there are lessons to be learned. We all have a lot to learn, and if we look at life as, well, this should be immediate, I, I I know what I want, I decided it, I got it, that's it, it should just stay that way. Well, no, you've got to focus on what you want and you say that over and over. You have to really have the intention of being present because we lose it in the day. We all get sidetracked with little things and we often forget what's the most precious thing we have is how we treat each other and ourselves. And I think people aren't used to thinking and feeling that way. They're used to burying it. I don't know if you agree with me there. Oh, God, yes, I
1: agree with you. I agree with you. And, you know, two thoughts collided in my brain at the same time as you were saying that. One thought was recently I had a chance to do some work uh, with Bishop T.D. Jakes Potter's House uh, with a program actually put on by Uh, First Lady, Mrs. Sarita Jakes, and one of the things that came out were how many women in this program were longing for partners and asking why don't men grow up or why don't they learn? And the answer for so many was they grew up without fathers
0: or grew up with fathers who didn't teach them. That's right. And often the mother's Often, so those are homes where people didn't have fathers around, which is very important. You you model yourself after people that you grow up around. It's like having a zillion experiences, watching, listening, observing. That's one too. Often, people I see uh, a lot is that often women let the boy go. They let the boy go. So the focus isn't on, uh, they don't know how to handle a boy. It's really interesting. I used to see a lot of women more angry at their male, at their sons, than at their daughters.
1: And I said, well,
0: what did they do that you're giving them more trouble? Are you angry at what happened to you in your life? And so he's getting it. This little, lovely, little boy is getting it because... Life didn't work out the way you wanted it to. It's very hard. I mean, wow. I, I,
1: I, I, yeah, I've seen a lot of the opposite of mothers who are so hard on their daughters. And let isn't that to. interesting?
0: Well, I agree with you. There are a lot of mother-daughter problems. But I think that has to do with the jealousy that their daughters are getting more than they are. Well, that's their fantasy. Right, and you know, I actually
1: wrote a chapter in one of my books where I talk about emotional incest. Mothers who turn their sons into their husbands. How much of that do you see as a
0: problem with infidelity? Oh, I see that too. Often, because the mother is so involved with the son that then the the husband goes off somewhere else. Or the son never had a chance to own who he is on his own. So he is always searching for that that feeling of being the one and only. It's complicated.
1: Oh, it I hate to keep saying that. <laughs> yeah, it's very complicated, but that's a very deep insight, Dr. Holly. The, the man who's searching to be the one and only and the way that, A mistress can focus when often a wife has all the responsibilities for the home and the responsibility for keeping everything running, and she can't give him
0: that focus like he's the one and only. That's right.
1: Because we we all have
0: to share in this world. I mean, it's really about that kind of effort. And there's also triangular. you know, that often a person can only deal with one person at a time. In a family, so often a parent doesn't know how to make each child feel that there's an equilibrium, there's equality. Right. So they, they can focus on one, and the other one gets left out, or they focus on the other one, and if they have four, everyone gets, feels like they're being left out. When really everyone is getting exactly the same and not getting what they dream the other person is getting. So and they grow up, the they discover going. that, and they go, oh, I always thought that they got more.
1: Right. Oh, God, you're getting too close to home now, Dr. Holly. <laughs> ah. I come from a family of seven, and I have five sisters and one brother, and I always imagined my one brother had the sweetest deal. And when we grew up and sat down and talked about it. He had the worst deal of all. Because he had no place of his own, and he was singled out for very harsh treatment that I never saw because he was the only boy. There you go. And to this day, my beautiful, beloved brother has never had a relationship.
0: Because of that pain.
1: That's right. All that pain. Now, you are illuminating a point, and I want everyone to take this in. Dr. Holly is making it so clear that where we have infidelity or breakdowns in a committed relationship, this isn't magic. It's not an accident. It isn't as so, I've heard so many people say, well, you know, things can just happen. No, 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 no. Pick up the rocks in your garden, look under the rock, and you are going to find that there is something inside each one of us that creates the patterns that we have in relationships. And infidelity is no different. That's right. It's no different. It is. It's no different.
0: You know, in the beginning of my book, I talk about what affairs are not. And they're not the end of the world. They're not the beginning. They're not something to be afraid of. They're not a new lease on life. They're no answer to our prayers. (laughs) The contrary of it is that what we're doing is we think that those feelings are going to last forever. If we don't look under the rock, if we don't look at the worms, if we don't risk, in other words, if I'm vulnerable and I risk sharing my vulnerability with you, I'm building my self-esteem because I'm saying, can you like me for who I am? And people are afraid of really becoming emotionally intimate because they're afraid of being judged. So they carry their past around with them and they keep repeating a faulty belief system over and over in their lives, which is like what your brother does. Instead of saying, I can undo that, that and never have a relay, I can undo that. By venturing to offer my own vulnerability—not my anger, my vulnerability—some of it may be angry because of the hurt involved. Because it's usually hurt when we're angry. Now, how much does anger play a part in infidelity? Oh, it can play a tremendous part. It's like a way of getting—it's—it's—it's it's, it's like very adolescent I call it adolescent. It's—it's <laughs> it's, one could call it by any name, I guess. It, to me, it's a when when it when it is a part of infidelity. It's like I'll get back at you. You withheld love from me. I didn't get what I needed when I was. little. you'll see. Other people will love me. So let me show you.
1: And right. that doesn't
0: help anybody.
1: So that's it's, for the person who really has set their spouse up to be the parent who didn't give them love. Now that's right. You know. This reminds me, uh, when I was hosting Can This Marriage Be Saved, I had a couple come on the show, and it was like you went to Central Casting and said, send me the most beautiful couple you can imagine. Both of them stunning-looking people physically. She was a fitness trainer. I'm not blowing their confidentiality. Coming. No, I thought National television already. And, you know, just, you know, the kind of all-American girl with the beautiful right. fit figure. He's the gorgeous guy with the great job. And he came home one day and was calling her name because her car was in the driveway and she didn't answer. And then he went in the bedroom, and you know the rest of the story. There were men's clothes on the floor. Right. The shower was on. He walked in the bathroom. His wife's in the shower with the other man and a terrible scene ensues, and then he was haunted, 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 haunted. We actually had Dr. Aaron Beck on the show. Oh, that's wonderful. He's so good. Isn't he the best? He's my Ah. hero. I love that man. He looks like Orville (laughs) Rettenbacher. It's true. It does, doesn't he? In any case, but brilliant. Those who don't know, Dr. Aaron Beck is the father of cognitive psychology and he said to this man what is the picture that you replay in your brain that's haunting you and he said it was the shower walking in and there they were in the steamy shower and he said my heart stopped and Dr. Beck took him back to a childhood incident when he felt the same shock and the same pain. So for most of us, without knowing it, without meaning to, Dr. Holly, you're getting to how we are replaying That's childhood it. scenario. Now, there's a reason. And talk about the reason we do that. We're not all crazy and macular. No, it's because
0: we beca- it becomes imprinted. a neural. In other words, trauma stops the growth on one side of the brain, which is our emotional self. And the other side of the brain, which is our intellectual stuff, we just keep growing. So we can think our way and rationalize and try to intellectualize. And then all of a sudden, like what happened to this man, when he walked in and he saw them in the shower, he went, he he couldn't, his body brought all his history up. And that's where the trauma lies, on the right side of the brain where feelings are. That limbic system is an amygdala is going to hold on. It doesn't do it on purpose till you process it, and in processing it and understanding it, processing it physically, processing it emotionally, processing it cognitively, you then bring it into sequence together. It kind of like integrates. And yes, you'll have a, maybe a scar there and a memory. But it's no longer, it's no longer in in a in emotionally intensive system that's going to get you again in the same way. Wow! And then they had to work out their problems too, of what yeah. she was doing and what caused this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know yeah. if they were managed able to save their marriage or not. But. No,
1: they didn't save their marriage because. They, she at least, was not committed to doing the work yes, to get it. through it. And he, I hate to say it, he discovered she was having yet another affair. And he finally said, you know, I can't go on, and he got out. Good for and, you, but Yeah, no, he had this, you know, this is, I always say, sometimes you can't save the marriage. No. You know, the person will work on it with you, but sometimes you just have to save it yourself. So, Dr. Holly, we know the Internet has made it
0: easier to cheat.
1: Oh, so, my goodness. What have you seen? In oh, the that's what I'm doing. I'm updating
0: my book because when I wrote this, the Internet was just beginning. And I think Internet, uh, it's changed. It's like, it's like a great excuse to pretend you're in a relationship. Mm. In, well, you know, Internet and, and tech, all of that has change the nature of of people being able to get lost it's an addictive thing by the way i can get caught on my computer answering stuff and reading and i forget time so imagine if you're lonely or you're unhappy or you don't know how to say to your spouse i'm feeling vulnerable i need you i don't know how i don't know how to handle this you get on something and it lights up your brain. Oh, this looks good. It's a very right. dangerous thing. And people are on the road more and they're lonely in hotel room salesmen. I mean, it's common. Very common.
1: Very common. And I certainly have seen my fair share of people coming in in affairs that started on the Internet. Now, what is your advice to couples who may, we have people listening right now, I know we do, who are struggling with
0: infidelity in their marriage. What's the first thing you would tell them to do? The first thing I would tell them to do is to look at, I would tell them to get help if they can. If they can't, they have to, I would tell them to get on and watch your videos and start, that's what I would tell them, if they can't get to someone, they have to begin to look at what are they about and they have to be able to confront the problem, not put it under the rug, not pretend. Well, thank you for
1: plugging thank you for plugging my videos because I do have several series on YouTube and I'll just follow up the little plug. It's on YouTube, Healing Toxic Love and a lot of short little lessons I've put out over the years on YouTube to help. Heal and strengthen marriage. So, thank you for that, Doctor Holmes. No,
0: I believe in that. I think people need that. Brenda, I just think they do. I, I think that people, you know, with all the communication and all the internet and all of it, all the mobile, people are starving for help and for really you authentic underline- help.
1: Yeah, let me underline something you said just then, because when Dr. Holly says people are starving for help, everyone, you've heard me say this before, I'm going to say it until everybody in the world can chant it, there are 50% fewer divorces for people who do pre-marital coaching. Oh, someone has a beautiful voice, Dr.
0: Holly. Who's that? <laughs> That's my dog. Hold oh, on, let me get rid me. Close okay. the door. There we go. Okay. We want to know
1: the doggy's name. Oh, Jasper
0: is a rescue Aww. dog my son rescued a few years ago. And then when he got married and got two dogs, he, he was going to take his daughter. Well, that's my dog now. I took care of her. <laughs> and then another Aww. dog is named Lulu. Oh, you
1: have Lulu and Jasper, I Yes, love I it.
0: have two dogs. Good. And they're my co-therapists heard. in my office at all times. I've had people come into my office and say they hate animals. I say, well, I'm not the person to be with. And they end up absolutely loving animals in the end. I say, you can ignore them. Well, they're the
1: them. best That's therapists, aren't they?
0: They are. They're great co-therapists. When somebody's Lord. crying and they get on their lap, and the person's petting them and the crying stops because... It's about self-soothing. That's another thing I think that needs to also be said, that affairs are often an attempt to soothe a dysregulated self. Oh, talk
1: more about that, that affairs are an attempt to soothe
0: a troubled
1: self. A dysregulated
0: body that's out of sync, that's in anxiety, that's feeling overwhelmed. That's like the client that wanted to trade in the mirror for a new mirror because right. he couldn't see his perfection. or the, or the uh, It, it, it happens so many times with people when they don't get what they want in the moment. Instead of taking the time to find new ways of getting it without damaging their relationship, they think they have to jump into another relationship. It never works that way. So you're trading one landscape in for another.
1: Exactly. But it's still a landscape. landscape. (laughs) So, yes, so you're saying to people, get help, and I would say, yes, look at my videos, but for God's sake, I'm going to be right out there buying copies of your book to put in my office for everyone oh, because the book sweet. is so valuable. No, very, very, very valuable, very insightful. And again, I'll give you the the book and the website again in just a minute, everyone. But I'm a believer in building a library. Download it on your Kindle. Go pick up a hard copy if you like to read old school like I do. I like to just feel the pages turning in my hand. But keep educating yourself because what Dr. Holly is speaking about isn't just if your marriage is in trouble. It's before you get married. You're in the 50% that could up your chances of having a healthy lifelong partnership and I am... A big believer in those healthy lifelong partnerships. It takes us back to what you said, Dr. Holly, about building and growing
0: right.
1: and keeping what you have, so that you have a safe nest in which to grow and
0: fly. It's Most true. It's very time important. Time. So that it, it, you, it's prevention. You know what they say: an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Well, mm-hmm. that's the truth. So if you're working on building intimacy, on keeping it flowing between you in, in yourself and those you love around you, you're going to prevent disasters from happening. Wow. You're correct. You're really correct. When we do
1: want to prevent the disasters. Now, a couple of facts, everybody. $365 billion a year, that's the price tag.
0: In That's the United right.
1: States of America for divorce. Three hundred million dollars of that is for loss of productivity in the workplace because of people being distressed by oh, yes. marital and and relationship woes. So keep in mind, this is a big, expensive problem. Let me say one more thing. I have never met someone, and I did a lot of work in prisons, Dr. Holling, with addicted. People and substance recovery places never met somebody in one of those places that came from a stable, intact family. I agree with you. I've worked
0: with a lot of – it's true. There, it's, it's being damaged early in your life and not knowing what that does to the self and to the brain and to the body and how it's all stored in us unless we work it out, unless we – Right. Don't. Now, any other
1: specific – Information from your book because you blended neuroscience, you blended and the latest psychological tools and awareness, and with you blended a lot of what my grandmother used to call good old
0: common sense. It's true. You isn't gotta it? grow up.
1: You gotta grow
0: up. It's true. Growing up is a painful process. Getting to work on it. Too. One of my favorite things is let's get to work. People will look at me and say. What do you mean get to work? What does that mean? It means looking at yourself, looking at how you behave in the world, what you can do to change your world. And in changing your world inside, you are going to affect how the world treats you. And they'll change. It's amazing how that happens. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You
1: have to say it again. This is the gold, everyone, when you change yourself, you change what, Dr. Holling?
0: When you change yourself, you change everything around you. Everyone is affected by how you grow. It's really true. You think that, oh, well, they won't change, and this person won't change, and blah, blah, blah. And then, then you've got, you got to go, oh, how is it I won't change? What am I doing here? And you, and often when, I, I, I know you, I have often had it happen where I go, oh, it's pointless to work anymore on this. And then I work a little harder, and the, and the door is open. Doors open when you do yeah. the work. But it's very hard to know that till the door opens. It's like, you know what I say? It's like we rewire a house and all the electricity in it. But we think... But that should be easy, right? Because when we turn the switch on, the light goes on. What you don't right. realize is that you've spent a long time rewiring the whole place. The switch exactly. just did go on.
1: Yeah, one it, great example of what you're saying is so many people say, well, look, uh, and this is usually the woman in the relationship or the, the feminine partner in the relationship, if it's a same-sex relationship, the person who says, hey, my partner won't come in. I can't change this relationship all by myself. My experience is, yes, you can. That's right. I've had many people come in by themselves, and magically the relationship gets better. What's your experience with that?
0: I agree with you. I have seen people, I have a woman I treat, and her husband refuses to get help, I've treated her now a long, long time, but her relationship, which I would have sworn, okay, would never work. <laughs> Teaches me a lesson every day, okay? I'm always learning. I spent all this time working with her, giving her instructions of how she could do things, and, but, 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 but my bias, to be honest with you, and I had a bias, this guy's never gonna grow. Well let me tell you something. It's they have a really good marriage today. Because of the work she's done. It has wow. him. Could he still get benefit from outside help? Yes, I still think so. But I see that they have a good marriage and I congratulate her on her and it is a good marriage now. It's amazing, but she had to learn to have a voice of her own and to really speak it and not be angry and take it out on him and act out on him because she didn't have a father that was nurturing or available or appreciated her. So when he, with his limits, couldn't appreciate her, she would get enraged, and it made things worse. That's all gone now. There is a – it's a beautiful thing. You're correct when you say that. People can grow without the other being there.
1: So for those who are saying, I can't get to work on me and make changes outside of me, Dr. Holly just gave a great example of how that's not true. I've seen it over and over and over. I agree with you. You know, it doesn't take two to tango. One person can change the dance and you're doing it. That's right. And then sometimes that's a
0: spot for the other person to go, wait a minute here, I want some of that.
1: Yeah. Now, what are the signs that infidelity is in the offing? What are the
0: warning signs that a couple is in trouble? Well, I think it starts long before Uh, It occurs. I think it starts when people are, um, they don't communicate anymore. Uh, They never make room to have a uh, a night out where they can talk and have a real date night. They don't do things, the, the, the little things that make a person feel appreciated, the loving things, whether it's a card or taking the time to sit together and talk and give, you know, do the extra thing like um, spend time not just using your bedroom, using your bedroom to argue is not a good idea. If you have something to work out, to communicate it in another area of your home or out. Why do people, you say that? Because when people take their anger, their hurt, and they're closed down into the bedroom. One will end up on um, texting her friends or whomever, and he'll be on the computer doing the same thing, work-wise often. Because men can be all watching sports all the time and never talking. So it's about. <laughs> so, so it's about. You're
1: like that. Did you ever see that cartoon? Dr. Holly, where the two women are out at dinner, and the woman says to her friend, I'm so angry with my husband. I decided to punish him. And her friend says, what did you do? And she reaches in her purse and pulls out the remote. Her friend goes, that shit.
0: <laughs> I love that. I never saw that. Well, it's true. That's what happened. Those are signs that people aren't nurturing their garden. They're not watering it. They're not weeding it. They're not paying attention to each other. You know, when people yeah. begin to date, they have to pay a lot of attention to each other. I say that often in marriages, even when there's no infidelity, where the guy isn't, where he's, he's, a, I said, well, you wouldn't act like that if you were dating her, would you? No. You wouldn't just go around like, leave your clothes like a sloppy mess around, would you? No? So where is your best foot forward when you're in a relationship? How did you forget that?
1: Dr. Holly, good stuff. What happened? Exactly. Wow. That's good. So one of the important things you're saying is treat your
0: mate like a date. That's right. Oh, what a great expression you just used. Treat your mate like a date. Fabulous.
1: And you're also saying pay attention, and you know I've got a little saying for that, attention is
0: energy. That's right. It's connecting to the vibration of the other person. You're right. Yes.
1: Now, other advice for couples, maybe they haven't reached the critical state where there's been an affair, how, or they've recovered from the affair and they want to stay recovered. How? Wow, it's a, what it's about
0: building a life from within of your own, too. You have to have interests that are yours that don't just rely on the relationship. Okay? You have to be able to have, each person has to have interests. Now, if you can share in those interests, let's say, let's say you don't like to go to a sports game, but the guy does. Well, you make an effort to go once in a while with him. You make an effort to leave, to leave a note on his pillow, like, even though you're not talking to me, I love you. <laughs> or the guy do the same thing on the mirror, thinking of you. But it's, it, it takes one, it takes that you make the effort to risk being hurt. You never know how another person's going to react when you're vulnerable enough to say, I love you. When you're vulnerable enough to say, I'm sorry. When you're vulnerable enough to say, I need you to hold me. I'm feeling scared. Or can I hold you? Is there anything I can do? It's about offering uh, oneself up to love. That's scary for most people. You know, we all talk about love, and but to really offer up your intimacy, your vulnerable, loving self, takes a lot of courage. It's the only thing there is in my book, but it takes courage.
1: And well, they have never, never done so cool. it. Yeah, but the people who are afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to offer love, afraid to say, I'm sorry, how can we move forward? What do you need from me? You know, what do you do to help those people get their feet under them, gain the courage
0: to show up in a relationship? Well, first I, ha- I ask them, are they will real- if they want the relationship, they need to be able to grow whole. And what does that mean? That means, which is what we said in the beginning, the ability to have emotional vision, the ability to look at our purposeful actions and our passive actions, and our reactions, because we have to be able to catch ourselves in our communication. And if you notice that you're shut down and you're scared, The first thing that you you need to be able to do is know that many people, because of their early lives, are so numb that they don't know what they feel. They literally are numb. Yeah. Right? That's chronic trauma. So how do we wake that up? I'll often hear somebody say, oh, I never cry except when I go to the movies. So I begin to say, Mm -hmm. okay, make a list for me of scenes in movies, if you go to see movies or you're watching television, where you're emotionally moved, write down what's going on in that scene. And then I have them track with me what was in that scene that really touched them. And often, just like the man who sees his wife in the shower, which is a very, that's a huge thing, but... but but, but they can gain access to what they feel about themselves but can't allow themselves to feel yes. by, through a movie. Sometimes you know, that's I necessary. That.
1: So you're saying watch a movie and call me in the morning. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great, Dr.
1: Holly. I love it. I love it. Now, we only have a couple of minutes left. Anything that's on your heart from your deep wisdom and experience, Dr. Holly, that you really want to share with our audience.
0: Well, yes, I am very afraid, and I've been feeling this way and thinking like this in both ways, the fear and the, the thought that the, living on, on iPads, texting instead of communicating all the time, is going to give us a generation of children That do not know how to pick up social cues, see what somebody needs, being able to be empathic and sensitive to other people or to themselves. And it worries me. When you see, go to a restaurant, you see both parents on their phones, the children on their phones, or I hear people taking their kids to school and they say, one kid is texting the other kid in the back seat. So wow. there's no communi- verbal communication going on except via the phones. And that is, a, that is to me, a, a sign of, of, of loss. We're losing the great things about being human if we don't mm. communicate. That's yeah. what I worry about. Maybe I'm a fool, but I worry about No, that. no,
1: I'll have to tell you, you know, there's some research that has come out recently that there's been a 40% or greater, depending which study you look at, loss of emotional intelligence
0: yep. in this
1: generation that has grown up with all the electronics. So you're, you're on point. You are on point, Doctor Holly. I'm sorry to tell you, your fears have been confirmed already. See,
0: it's very, very uh, upsetting. <laughs> but apart from that, and I do everything in my power to keep teaching people, it's all about connection, which is also electrical. It's energy. It's about how we connect to one another. To me, that's the most vital thing there is. Yeah, and a good sharing really like connection with a
1: lot of connection is electrifying, isn't it, Dr. Holly? It's
0: wonderful. It's entri- it, it, it raises us to a, a, a spiritual level that we all need, which is what I love about your seva. It is about seva. It's about offering ourselves up for the sake of doing it.
1: Oh, thank you for picking up on Seva. Often people ask me what that word means, and you know what it means It's selfless service and all that's right. and that's what it takes to be a mature, courageous person in love and the last thing, do you ever think that there's a couple or a person who is hopeless where there's just no way they're going to get it uh,
0: Well, I don't go into that i no, uh, and and that's probably a little bit of an illusionist because in order to do what I do, I have to believe that everyone is capable of growing. They have to want it enough, and sometimes we have to give them the spark. And those around, we just have to have faith because I've seen beautiful things happen. Yay. So,
1: Thank you for saying that, Dr. Holly. I
0: feel the same way. Thank
1: you so much. You're so Sometimes welcome, I feel like the Wolf. Oh my goodness. Everyone, we are talking with the wise, the wonderful, the witty Dr. Holly Pine. That's Hein. That's H E I N. I want you to go get her book. I'm going to have lots of copies of that in my office for those who are coming to our workshops and retreats. They'll be waiting for you. This weekend, Dr. Holly, I'm teaching a two-day intensive with three wonderful guests. Where?
0: I'm
1: going to one soon. It's called Healing Secrets for Toxic Love. And boy, did you ever just give us a lot of healing secrets and insight about toxic love. Dr. Holly is available to you. Go to triple dub. That's www.drhollyhine.com. Wow. wow and wow, Dr. Holly. Well, well, wow, Dr. Jew, so so you. you're fabulous. Thank it you. It was a pleasure no, we, to talk with you. Oh, absolute pleasure. The pleasure's all mine, and we will be back together soon. And you have an invitation to speak at our next relationship training because you've got a lot to share.
0: I'd right, love everyone. to anytime.
1: Oh, thank you so much, everyone. If you're available. Um, May 24th, 25th, are we airing after the 24th, 25th? Well, okay, we're going to have more workshops coming up. You can hit us back at love at docwade.com. Follow us on Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade. Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade. Send me your questions. I have an Ask Dr. Brenda section. And I have special guests like Dr. Holly Hine available right here on Good Love Radio upcoming, we're going to talk about money. We have Phyllis Newhouse on the Science of Getting Rich. Ms. Newhouse, some of you know, grew her business to over, I believe it's over a hundred million dollars now. And she's going to talk about how and what that has to do with love. Jonathan Robinson will talk about finding happiness now. And So much to learn. Keep learning, keep growing. When we learn better, we do better. Thank you to LeGrant Green, our wonderful producer, to Cliff Dunning, our moderator and producer. We'll be back with you again next week on another episode of Good Love Radio. I'm Dr. Brenda Wade. Blessings, everyone.